Hi, everybody. It's Daphne here at Lorem sitting down with Chuck Borden, the man behind the movie, The Hitman's Bodyguard. How you doing, Chuck? I'm doing great. How are you? Trying to stay warm as usual here in Ohio. Our weather's oh. bipolar. Yeah, no, it's, it's, trust me, it's, it's, uh, oh, it's about 35 degrees here right now. So um, I, I understand what you're coming from. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So let's just jump right into it. What made you decide to start making and directing films? Um, when I first started out, I really didn't come into this to be a director. Um, I was an athlete growing up. And uh, as a kid, you know, you don't really get focused on what you want to do. And I had this list of ideas. And it was like, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be a race car driver. I wanted to be a professional athlete. I wanted to be, you know, all these things. And on that list was a stuntman. I never knew how to do it. And when I was still in high school, I was working at a, a place, a go-kart place. And uh, the assistant manager was probably my best friend at the time. And uh, we used to take the cars out in the middle of the night after we closed and just race around. And he's like, oh my God, my buddy, uh, Mike would love this. And I'm like, oh yeah. He's like, yeah, he's a stuntman. I'm like, he said, what? <laughs> and so we met and I told him the same thing. I was, I've always wanted to be a stuntman. I wonder how it was like, well, come to the set with me. And I came to a movie set with me, with him. The first movie set I was on was Fast Times Ridge Mountain High for the football stuff. And they were doing it and I was just a guest and I was hooked from day one. It's like, oh my God, you guys are getting paid for this. This is what I do on weekends for fun. So I got in as a stuntman. Well, that was the introduction. It took me quite a while. It took me actually three and a half years to get in the union. But the seed was planted, and then I was like, uh, there's nothing else I'm doing. So I got into it to be doing stunts. And then as I got into stunts, I started figuring out, like, okay, this is great, but they're doing this wrong, and I can make this better. So I started coordinating stunts. And then even then, it's like the director was still, I want to do it like this way. It's like, but this would be cool. It's like, man, eh, this is the way I want to do it. And so now it's like the next step is like, all right, I, I know we can do this better. So then give me a position where I have the say. And directing and producing is kind of where that led me to. I still do stunts. Um, I, I still uh, still enjoy it. I love action movies, but uh, yeah, I want. I just want a little bit more control to 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 make to make the films what I thought were cooler. Yeah, everybody. I mean, that's what a lot of people. That's the main thing we all talk about. Everybody starts somewhere, and mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter if you start as an extra, a PA you know, any of that, because you're going to end up learning everything eventually, unless you just want to be an actor, you know, and you end up running the machine pretty much. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, kind of where I was like, when I started, I did, uh, like I, said, I was telling you, it took me three and a half years to get into the Screen Actors Guild. I worked for a year doing background. I was a production assistant. I was a grip. I did camera. I pulled cables. Um, I actually got my SAG card working in the art department. So I've, I've worked in almost every department in the industry. So, yeah. which is, which is a huge plus because I now have an understanding of all those departments and what it takes. And, and so many times, you know, just people not even in the business or even people in the business that just don't understand how much work goes into say the art department or say, you know, the production design or costuming and stuff like that. Cause they didn't, they've never done it. Like, guys, this is not, it's, you just don't go out and buy something off a rack and it's like, okay, here we go. It's not the way it works, you know? Yeah. So it, it's it's helped me a ton because I do understand all the different the different departments because I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how I learned. Um, I started doing the extra work and then I was doing production management because I'm used to running my own, I was used to running my own business before I got into all of this business. I gave that business up. I was waiting on my son to return from the army to take that business over. And if he gets out, if he still wants it, you know, he can have it. It doesn't matter. But I mean, when you get on them sets, you get hooked. Like I told um, a friend of mine, you know, Donnie Brooke, um, that was Tim Sutton who directed that. And it was three cold nights on set from five at night till five in the morning. And it was probably about 13 degrees out. And I'm the only idiot, you know, in shorts and a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> freezing but I had so much fun after I did that and I was muddy and it, it was a blast I was hooked after that yeah yeah I, I did a similar thing I'm in, well I was fortunate uh I, I worked on there was a movie called Back to the Beach back in the 80s I guess and uh I was just getting into stunts and so I got hired to be out on the water in a Canterbury and 
you know, kind of riding this catamaran around. And meanwhile, it's it's a beach movie. When do you shoot the beach movies? January, February. It's freezing cold. And I looking at all these extras and stuff like that and bikinis and, and shorts and it's just freezing cold. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm in the water. It's cold, but at least I have a wetsuit on. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's it's kind of felt bad for him, huh? <laughs> and then you go to the summer, and then you know you're shooting the Christmas movies, and it's, you know, 100 degrees outside, you got a freaking down jacket on. It just doesn't make sense. I know the time that they shoot films is so I I don't get it because they will film the winter films in the summer, and then they'll film all the summer films in the winter. So no matter I'm what, saying. if you're even doing extra work, you can't win. You're not going to win. Yeah, you're not going to. It's, and that's just the way it is. And it's built around the distribution and stuff. Like, okay, we got to shoot this now to get it done for the summer. And it just happens to be winter time. It's like, all right, that's the way it is. And, you know, we accepted this job. So bite the bullet. Right. I know. Okay. So what is the favorite, your most favorite film that you've actually worked on? Um, in, my, in my case, it was what we called Dark Man. Um, with Liam Neeson. I double Liam Neeson hanging from the helicopter. And the movie was okay. It was Sam Raimi's first kind of breakout film for the studio. And uh, it kind of launched his career. Um, but in my case, it was because the stunt we did. I was hanging from this helicopter for four weeks, you know, swinging around on a, on a 30-foot cable, you know, with a police helicopter chasing us through downtown LA. And it was just, it was the craziest you know, most fulfilling stunt I've ever done just because of how wacky it is, you know. Four and, weeks? <laughs> you well, were on the well, we, we were only able to shoot on weekends because we basically were shutting down downtown LA. Yeah. Because we were below the below the proper heights and stuff like that. We were going down to street levels and then we go up over the top of skyscrapers. So we were all over the place. So the only way we can do that is by closing the grid. And that was, you can't close down downtown LA Monday through Friday, sorry. Yeah. So we would go out weekends and shoot it we shoot, you know, from six in the morning until it got dark <laughs> and it was just nonstop. Go, go, go on in this helicopter. It, it, it was fun. It was brutal. It beat me up, but it, it's a memory that I'll never forget just because, and it'll never be done again because now with CGI, they're not going to take that risk and the, oh, that cost. Yeah. They'll just CGI it. Like, it's a shame. Yeah. Or use drones. A lot of people, yeah. they're using the drones. You could probably, I mean, if somebody went and got the footage they just yeah work it in cgi it in it takes yeah. all the fun well, out I, of it, yeah. <laughs> it takes the fun right out of it <laughs> it really does listen i love cgi it's done a lot for the industry but i think it's done too much i think it's overused and it's not used properly uh, the whole idea with anything whether it's cgi or stunts it's supposed to enhance the film it's not supposed to be the film you know, unless it's an action film, it's all about the action, then that's a different story. But you still have to have a story of some sort. The yeah. same thing with CGI. You know, when you have a, a 100% CGI movie, I'm watching a video game and I just don't enjoy it personally. The newer crowd likes it, but I, I don't. I, I'm old school. I like the old way of doing things. And, you know, and there's a time and a place for CGI and, and for the rest of the stuff. And then there's times when it's just practical is right. I completely agree with you. I mean, all of these movies, I'm not knocking the movies, you know. No, <laughs> either. It's not fun, you know, it, especially even acting because you're there by yourself. Well, I mean, not by yourself, but you're doing it all basically with, with this, you know, the green screen. Yeah. It takes all the fun out of it, you know, say they've got the motorcycle stationary and you don't even get to ride. And I love to ride motorcycles. You know, I love to ride them and it would just take, it would ruin it for me. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And, and that's why I said, I think because of the experience under the helicopter on dark man, that becomes my favorite, you know, it, it's just so memorable and because it was real, it, it was hundred percent real. And there was CGI added into it because, but in, that, in those days, and that was like, I think we shot it like 89, something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, the CGI was horrible. You know, it was really shaky at best. So you had to do it real. And we found, and what I liked about it is, is you had to come up with a way to, how to shoot it. It's now, nowadays you come up, it's like, all right, here's, here's the script and this, we want to do this thing. And it's just, it's not practical, you can't do it. And so they go, okay, we'll just do it with CGI. Like, let's try, let's try to do something and, and make it work. And, you know, the, 
nowadays it's it's changed and it's just too easy to go back to CGI. Yeah, but we I mean it's almost like the the directors and writers and everybody they're they're split into the groups to where we've got CGI in the movies like Marvel's over here and then we've got um the people you know with these other movies over here the documentaries reality series and then we've got people like us who are old school and we just love to do the shit <laughs> you know <laughs> we just love it exactly. <laughs> and, and i and i do love i do love what cgi does for a lot of stuff um i work with mike flanagan for a, a, quite a few of his movies and uh he he does it right we shoot stuff for real and he enhances it with cgi and you can't really tell the cgi and that's what makes it magic I mean, and that's where I think that's where it should be it, it is make it real. You know, the audience can tell, too. I mean, you watch a Marvel movie. God bless them. They're making a, a ton of money. They're putting a lot of people to work. But you just look at it as like, that's just not even it doesn't even <laughs> look real. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think Marvel, their main audiences are the younger, the younger but, generations. You know, the kids um, I volunteer to talk to students to, you know, get them involved in the industry, keeps them off the streets, you know, and right. keeps them from being out and getting in trouble and, you know, maybe get them interested in different parts of, like I was telling you, you know, from instead of worrying about getting famous on YouTube, you know, there's so much stuff you can learn and do. So I talked to these students and one, one of these kids, one time he asked me, he was like, would you ever do anything in a Marvel movie if you were offered? I was like, stunts. <laughs> just the stunts <laughs> i'm all good with everything else we'll let them you know do their thing but stunts yes i would as far as that's concerned you know it's just crazy so what's your favorite no, film you've done i'm sorry what was that your favorite short film that you've done i haven't made a lot of shorts i mean i came i came through the ranks when there wasn't a lot of shorts and when by the time i got going and shorts were going i was kind of already moved into either the television or the the film world and stuff but i have made a couple um i just recently made one that was supposed to be for uh as a teaser um and it became a short that got nominated for a couple of awards at some festivals and stuff like that it's called I, i'm watching you and it's a it's a psychological thriller um two girls on a on a car trip and they get stranded and uh, have to stop for gas. And when they go for gas, the one goes in to get the gas, comes back out, the friend's missing, and she's just been abducted. And we just kind of leave it hanging. And it was the whole intention of is like, I want to leave this hanging because I want to sell this, the feature. You yeah. know, it was never meant to be a, a short, and it just turned out that way. So, I mean, that, that was kind of one of the ones that I really liked. Did anybody ever go on to make that or now? No. Actually, surprisingly, uh, this weekend I was supposed to be working on the scripts again because I'm rewriting it. There's some interest from some friends of mine, and uh, they want to do something that's that's relatively low budget horror. It's like I got one. I mean, this is great. It's 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 not it's not a big gore movie. Um, it's more suspense. Um, it does have some stuff, but it's it's the more uh, old again old school scares and stuff like that. She the girl gets abducted, and the other girl's trying to find her. They're in the middle of nowhere. And she's basically trapped in inside kind of a, a prisonish type place that's been closed down, and she's stuck in there. And she escapes, but she can't get away. And a friend finds a place, and they're both running around trying to find each other, while this killer is, you know, trapped. Them. So it's it's just old school, you know, jump scares and shit like that. It's that kind of fun. Of, that kind of fits, though. I mean, with today, because there, it's not like it was back then in the eighties and nineties. And I mean, I. How we all used to go and run and streetlights come on, we know we got to get our asses home or our parents are probably going to beat us. And, you know, but as far as um, the human trafficking and sex trafficking and all of that and the way that they're taking these girls and placing flowers on windows to make them get out to get it. And then they're taking these people or they're putting drugs on the flowers or business cards and windows, you know, it, it's scary and stuff like yeah happens every day and i mean there i love true stories i love you know things like that and i went to school for criminal justice it just all of this stuff you know nowadays there's no way i would let my kids you know granted all of them are grown except for i, I have a 15 year old you know but there's no way i would let them run the way that i did back then no way. i i at least feel a little bit better where we're at in the netherlands i got twin girls uh, they're 17 
and they're right at that age. Yeah. And they're attractive. They can easily be models if they wanted to. They don't care. They don't even want to be in the industry. So I'm really happy about that. Actually, one is just starting university for biology. So, um, you know, but here it's a completely different world. We don't have, I mean, it happens all over the place, but we're in the countryside. We're out in the nowhere. Um, everybody knows everybody. So, you know, them getting approached by somebody weird is probably not going to happen because everybody kind of watches each other. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. So I feel a little bit safe. If I was back in LA, I think I'd be scared, scared to death. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, I mean, that's what people don't understand. Like, I don't put too much of my children out on, you know, websites. Because the first thing that if somebody really wants to hurt you, the first thing they're going to go after is your family. And I yep. don't want too many people knowing much about my private life, period. You know, yep. and I mean, to hide my kids. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think movies like that should be made. Oh, yeah. No, just if, if nothing else, it bring attention. Everybody goes, oh, it was just a movie. It's like, it can happen. Think about it, guys. It's, you know, you're right. It's just a movie. But that's where these lunatics get their ideas is from just a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zodiac. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So do you I, have the same I mean, I, I don't, I just say, I don't, I don't, I do the same with you. I don't put a lot of stuff on, on social media and stuff like that. Um, and when I do, it was like, we'll put something together and I'll put, post some pictures. Like uh, I, I did a film earlier last year uh, in Paris and I posted the stuff and it was, oh my God, you're in Paris. I'm, we're going to Paris. I'm like, no, that was two weeks ago. Like you just posted like, yeah, because I didn't want anybody to know I was gone. <laughs> you know, my house is now open. So no, I don't post it until well after. I'm like, now if they think, oh, he's in Paris, I'm going to come get his house. No, I'm here and I'm waiting for you. <laughs> That's the same thing I do. <laughs> I'll take the pictures and then I'll edit, you know, if I, if I want to edit some of them and then I'll put them up and people are like, oh, are you there now? No. Yeah. <laughs> that happened a month ago. <laughs> it was a while ago, exactly. <laughs> so what kind of funny stories do you have for us? Oh, God. Um, she's probably, probably more than I care to think about. <laughs> um you know, they just kind of come up as, as, as especially if, if I get together with a bunch of my buddies and stuff like that, and we're like, remember this? And like, and then we just go off on a tangent and stuff like that. And, you know, those are the funny stories, but on set, there's always something goofy and you start talking and, and I can remember um, being, uh, being uh, on a set on, on Hunter when I was first in the business and uh, we would sit there and, and uh, you know, as, as young pups, watching the veteran stunt guys and I'd be hanging back kind of listening to them tell stories and stuff like that and then it was probably about 10 years ago I'm sitting with a bunch of my buddies and we're telling stories the same way and I turn over my shoulder and there's like three or four guys just like I was and like listening to the stories of like holy crap I'm I'm that guy now <laughs> so you know they just come up from from talking and, and it's just fun to kind of reminisce about stuff are you a set prankster I can be. I can be. Um, it just depends on the set. There's some sets that are just high strung and you just don't do it because they don't want to. And there's other ones, uh, talk about Mike Flanagan, when we did um, The Haunting of Hill House, um, the series for Netflix, I was a stunt coordinator on that. And I had already done a bunch of films with Mike. We got to know each other. And so I started playing these pranks. Um, it, it started as a fluke because we were doing where the cops pull up to the, the hotel room and stuff like with the uh, Henry Thomas and stuff like that. The cops pull up and stuff like that, and they start questioning him, and he's bloody. And you know, after he leaves the house, and so afterwards they're going, and I told Mike, I says I should come running up because I was in these goofy shorts, and I had a police top on because I was driving a car, but I didn't get out. And so uh, <laughs> I said I should just come running through the down the street and stuff like that. No cop car, nothing, just halfway dressed and stuff like that, and get into Henry Thomas' face, like yeah, yeah, do it. And so I did it, and it became this ongoing joke and stuff like that, where, you know, Henry Thomas was in interrogating. They'd come in and they'd be questioning him and stuff like that. And the guy would leave, and all of a sudden I come bursting through the door. It's like, I know you did it. I know you did it. And he'd just start busting up, <laughs> you know, so many, so many different times. I, every, everybody laughed, but then you get some of the people that uh, just take their craft way too serious. And I came, came out once when we were at a gas station, same, the same series and stuff like that. And uh, I won't mention the actor's name because it's not not fair. He he was just too serious about it, and he didn't think it was funny at all. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll do it to you. That in the bloopers anyway. reel. That should have went into the bloopers reel. <laughs> and, and it probably did. And it probably did. And and the, the funny part is, 
that they kept all those things uh, separated. And for some reason, the one in the interrogation room in the police station went to Netflix and they was like, hey, what's this? And they're like, oh my God, we're in trouble now. And they said, no, it was hysterical. <laughs> like, thank God, because we kept it completely on set. It was never going. And all of a sudden it got leaked over to Netflix with, with the rest of the rushes and stuff. And, That's oh, yeah, tough for sure. I think that directors, honestly, because I love to watch, you know, when they're recording um, the bloopers, I love it when they put the blooper reels in. I yes. just sit there and watch those blooper reels. They they just need to all get together and take their movies and just make one big, huge, like, blooper reel of everything mm -hmm. that's ever happened. And I really think they could sell that by itself. <laughs> uh, exactly. And 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 how how Needham did that brilliantly, unlike Hooper and and Smoking the Bandit and those movies that they did with Burt Reynolds and stuff like that. And the whole ending when you run the credits, you know, the credits roll and everybody leaves the theater and stuff like that. You get a film like that, everybody sticks around, and they may not be paying a lot of attention to the credits, but they're looking at it, but they're watching and they're staying. And like that's that's filmmaking. That's and it also shows the you know the, the other side of us. It's yeah, you know, it, it, it gets crazy and it's not we're not perfect. And, and 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 it's fun. I mean, we do have some fun. It's I mean, serious at times. Entertaining. I mean, especially working long hours. Everybody, you know, it's twelve. I'm back then since they've put the standards on it. Twelve hours, thirteen, which it always ends up turning into fourteen. You know, but I mean, that doesn't matter. But back then, and the hours. Those are long hours, 12, 15 hours a day. Not to mention, you know, even after you're done filming something, your day's not over because then you well, get to even. it all up. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I I mean, you're you're used to it, the 12 hour day. Tell people it's like, oh, a 12 hour day is a normal day on the set. That's a normal work day. And they're like, no way. I'm like, guys, I I, I worked on I worked on uh, the, the TV series Star Trek. And mm -hmm. I was I was uh, John Delancey's double for Q, and then I was perfect size to be the alien so i was a klingon i was a kardashian i was a jemadar i was all these different characters our call time was four in the morning you know actually 4 18 because of the the the, the regulations and stuff the, the makeup people come in at four and they had 18 minutes where they can set up their station before we can come in so i was there at four anyway so it didn't really matter <laughs> um but 4 8, 18 and we'd be into overtime by lunch before lunch actually because it was just such and then we go a full day, so we we're there four hours before call. So then you go a twelve hour day, so that's sixteen hours, and then another two hours to take the makeup off. That's a normal day. And granted, it wasn't every day because that they couldn't they had to give us turnarounds and stuff like that. But but it's still you you work an 18, 20 hour day, you know it, and you're dragging. <laughs> oh yeah and then you by the time you even get back and you eat and do whatever you need to do personally you're running on two three hours if that if you're lucky to get to sleep and then you've got to be right back you know because that is the job you know and you know and, and you can complain about it and sometimes you do but in general it's like that's the way it is and i wouldn't change it i, I loved i love my experiences even the crazy long days and stuff like that. Yeah, they're tiring. They wore you out. But man, I look back at it. It was awesome. <laughs> Such a great experience. I can imagine the makeup. I mean, even, even now with those uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies and then Star Trek and all this, the makeup jobs, I can only imagine, you know, all that sitting there for hours and hours and hours and hours. You know, I did yep. one movie I was going to do. Um, <clears throat> I won't go into too much about that movie, but she did my makeup and I had to look dead and it was four hours and her makeup job was great, but oh, yeah. I spent an hour because I'm not used to contact lenses. I don't wear them. So I couldn't get them in my eye at all. <laughs> I had to have the director come and put them in my eyes and take them back out of my eyes for this. Wow. Yeah. It was for one scene, one scene. That was it. I was just like, Whoa, it's crazy. You know, yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> but like I say, then you look back at it and, and some of those, are the, the funnest stories and stuff like that, th those experiences on set, you know, we did, we did uh, for Star Trek and we were shooting up in Sunland. One of the few times we were on location, it usually was at Paramount on stage, but we were shooting the rock quarries in Sunland. It was 130 degrees down the bottom of this rock quarry. We were in full, full makeup with neoprene suits on 
with explosions going off, riding the air ants and stuff, getting thrown through the air. And we did most of it in the morning before it got super hot. Yeah. But I literally can remember like after two hours on set, going back to the dressing room and I didn't even make it. I, I climbed up into the, in the, the, the dressing room and stuff, laid down the floor and passed out. I was so beat. I was so gone just from heat exhaustion. And they came, came like an hour later. It's like, you are right. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened? It's like, yeah, no, <laughs> you're not the only one. It's like three people down. <laughs> what kind of advice would you give the younger generation or anybody on inspiring to be a director? You know what? And I've, and I've done this a while and stuff like that. Um, there's basic rules to film sets, but, you know, just go into it with an open mind. You know, don't, and, and that's kind of one of the good things about, as much as I'm not a fan of YouTube and some of the stuff they put on there, the people that go on there, they go into it completely open-minded and they do whatever they want. It's, it's, it's a completely new world and it shows creative sides. It, it, sometimes the stuff works, sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, if you don't try it, you're never going to know whether it's, you know, something with a camera, whether it's just a, how to, a way to shoot the scene, you know, just play, have, have some fun. And you're going to learn from that. You're going to learn from those experiences and stuff. So have an open mind and, and trust the people around you, you know, especially if, if you're a young director. Um, I, I hate seeing young directors because I feel like they're put on the spot. You know, they just went through film school and they did a short and they all of a sudden they get thrown this, this really juicy, uh, uh, you know, feature film. Hey, good for them. But it's really unfair because they're not ready for it. No. And uh, you can see they're going in scared to death. I like those. I like to work on those things because I like to be able to step up and, and almost take the director by the hand and say, listen, I've been here. I've done this. I've I, I directed stuff. This is what I think. And I kind of try to guide them along without stepping in their way. And you know, I do it behind the scenes like, hey, this is what I think about this. And they're like, well, that's great. And all of a sudden they're going to set like, hey, we're going to do it like this. And, you know, it was my idea. And I don't do it for credit. It's like I, I give these guys a break because I know they're sweating bullets. <laughs> so, you know, it, you got to trust the people around you. Uh, especially if you're young and, and, you know, and still learning, you know, everybody has, everybody has their, their uh, specialty, whether it's stunts, whether it's lighting, whether it's, you know, whatever it might be, you know, they're there for a reason, let them do their job, you know, don't over, overpower too many people. Well, I'm the director. I'm going to be in control. That's, that's a power, that's a power trip and you're not going to get what you want. So let the trust, trust the people around you. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, they're, they're the younger people, you know, they come in and they are scared. You know, I, I do this thing with uh, some of my actors and because I have my roster and when their videos, I could just tell. And I'm like, why are you nervous? It's just me. You know, <laughs> why you, there's not 20 million people here. You know, this is just between us. Why are you nervous? And they get scared. Like when I first got into the industry, yeah, I was nervous. I was. Sure. But then once you get to know everybody and you're making friends and contacts, you're talking every day. There's no reason to be nervous anymore at this point. You know. Yeah. And I mean, and I and I still 35 years in this, I still get nervous going on and so on. I'm directing a sequence and stuff like that, or directing a film. I'm still nervous because I understand the pressure's on me. Yeah. So, you know, and I gotta remind myself exactly what I just said is like. Trust your ADs, trust your DP, trust, you know, trust the PAs, you know, everybody, everybody has probably has a good idea and everybody starts someplace and they may, somebody that you may not think of is going to have a great idea and you never know where these people are going to go and what they're going to learn. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, trust it, trust it. And, and you also got to remember it's like, you know, okay, it's a business. You got to treat it as a business, but we're not doing brain surgery. This isn't rocket science. You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. As long as it don't hurt somebody, it doesn't matter. It's like, yeah. okay, that didn't work. Let's try something different. And you just do it, you know. It's, but enjoy the, enjoy the process, you know. That, that's, that's the biggest thing. People get too caught up in it. It's like, just enjoy it. You know, you're living a dream. People would kill to be in my position. And I know that. And so I try to, even the worst sets I'm on, it's like, the worst day, the worst set is still better than working a nine to five. Sorry. <laughs> that's true. And you know what a lot of people don't understand, and I I can't stress this enough. I even tell some some of the actors and stuff I talk to, and they go and they do the short films. And after, if they continue to only do short films, they're not really wanting to advance, you know. But I tell them, I'm like, when you're on these short films, 
do your job, pay attention, because you don't know, you know, if, especially if you don't know these people, you don't know how high up these other people that are, are working with you on these short films actually are. So, yep. and everybody talks, everybody talks in this industry. And if yep. they see that you're a good worker, you could potentially be brought on to a bigger set. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, you talk about stories and stuff like that. I, I was on a movie set and I was a stunt coordinator on it. And uh, I just happened to have time and I was going over to craft service table and stuff like that. I was getting something. And the craft service guy's first movie, first job in the industry, blah, blah, blah. He's like, he's like, what are you looking for? I was like, I was looking for something to snack on. I said, oh, I got some of this, blah, blah. And so as I'm getting stuff, he says, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure, I got time. And we sat there talking. He was just asking me about the business. What about this? And how do I do this? And blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm new to this. And so I just I just talked to him. I just answered his questions and tried to reassure him about certain stuff. You know, about two years later, this guy calls me up and uh, had the blue. He's like, I don't know if you remember me. I was a craft service guy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? It's like, oh, great. You know, I just I never got a chance to thank you for taking the time that you did you know, to, to answer my questions and nobody else would do that. Like I, I was fortunate. I had time. So, you know, that's, that's just what I do. Cause nobody, same thing. Nobody did that to me when I was getting sorry. Very few people did that. Yeah. And so I said, no, it's not a problem. And he said, well, then let me get to my point. He says, I'm producing a movie. Like, wait a minute, two years ago, you were first job as a craft service guy. You produced me. He's like, yeah, I'm producing this movie. And, and I really like to come out and oversee the stunts and second direct. Like, wow. <laughs> so you're right. You never know who's who. And, and even if even if they're nobody, they may be somebody down the road. You yeah. just never know. So, you know, and it's not it's not difficult to be nice to people. And too many people, especially in the industry, we got egos. And it just it seems like if you don't stroke it the right way, people get bent out of shape. It's like, get over yourself. You know, you're not anything special. Just, you know, treat people nice and enjoy the process. Yeah. But um, you know, people, they, some people, they, they go to extremes and then they turn into divas. And that's one thing I, I can't get on board with that because I'm not somebody who, you know, likes divas. I, I just, I can't click with them. I grew up with eight brothers. I I'm a tomboy and a girl, you know, at the same time. And when somebody has the diva attitude, I just, I can't deal with that. I like to deal with down to earth people. You know. Well, we create we created ourselves and stuff like that, especially with the actors, young actors coming in there, and and I feel bad for for them because they're coming in, their eagers like oh, my first film, blah blah blah. I, I've been struggling for this, and you get the the PAs and everything. What can I get you? Here's your chair, and you're like, okay, da da da, and they just cater to you nonstop. You go off film after film after film doing that, you become expecting it, and you don't try to go out to be a diva. It just happens, and and we kind of we kind of create our own problems. It's, it's it's a sad, sad way of doing it, but you know, we do. And when I go out and direct and stuff like that, I don't care if you're, you're Al Pacino or you're, you know, the, the first film ever, I'm going to treat you the same way, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I got in a fight with an actress because of one of those things, because I didn't, didn't cater down to a thing. And she started calling me out and stuff. I'm like, listen, you know, you could have saved this production a lot of money by being hired as a stunt coordinator on top of your acting job. You know, when I tell you, start telling you how to act and you can tell me how to do the stunts. And until then, leave me alone. And, oh, she blew up. And I'm like, and, and the director came over there to talk to her. And he's like, oh, my God. What he's like, I, as politely as I could, I tried to tell her to mind her own business and stuff. She just wants to keep buttoning in. Yeah. And uh, he said, we can't do that. I was like, no, you can't do that. Her safety's in my hands. And if she wants to, wants to confront me on stuff, I'm going to explain why it's done the way we do it. But it's in her best interest. If she doesn't want to listen to me, then screw her. Then you can deal with her. Yeah. He's like, no, but, but we can't do it. It's like, again, your problem, not mine. I'm sorry, but you know, I, I can't deal with that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not combative. I'm not, I don't, I don't go in to be combative, but you know, if you push me into a corner because you want to be a diva, I don't have time for that. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, if I, I could, if I was doing it, I would want to do my own stunts. I mean, I, this is going to sound, you know, it's something small, minor, but I did a short film a while back. And I told, we were working, me and the guy, we were, you know, rehearsing before we went and shot the scene. And I mean, I was just a dead person. I did it just to do it. And I told him, I was like, grab my hair and pull my head up. And so we were practicing it. And 
my other friend who was directing, she was like, you can't do that. You can't do that. I was like, it's my head. I want it to look real. I want him to do that. <laughs> so he did. <laughs> I'm like, and it looks so and, good. And, yeah. And the saddest part is it wasn't even about that thing. I, I came into the dressing room or into the makeup trailer to introduce her to her stunt double for the day. And it was a scene where she's supposed to be walking down the road. A car goes by, honks, scares her. She falls and rolls down this hill. It's up at the Griffith Park. And uh, so I introduced like, hey, this is your son, double blah, 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 for tonight for the fall down the hill. It's like, I was meaning to ask you about that. How are we going to do that? Like, okay, uh, well, it's kind of as scripted. You're going to you lose your balance. You fall down and you roll down this hill. Yeah. Well, I don't want to have leaves in my hair. Well, I'll have the leaves right down the hill then. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but no, she should, she should just fall and slide down. It's like, it can't because the script says, this is where you hurt your leg, which affects your dancing later, and we can't do this. Well, no, no, no. and she just went on and on and on. It's like, and I, that's why I said I finally got to the point. It's like, listen, you know, it, you could save this whole company a lot of money by just telling them you can do the stunts yourself, and and you could have saved them from having to bring me in. And uh, oh, she didn't like that at all. It's <laughs> just I me. I <laughs> they make yeah. glasses. And, and, and so I, I had to compromise with it when the director came out. So I had to compromise. He's like, well, what am I going to do? I have to save face. I'm like, okay, listen, we'll do it. We'll do it two ways. Because I'm sure she's going to be there because she's just that kind of a pain in the ass. I said, we'll do it her way the first time. Make her happy. And then I want her removed from the set that we're going to do it my way. And you can choose what you like best. He's like, fair enough. And I said, and you don't have to tell her, we're, don't even tell her we're doing a second take. Just tell her, you know, we're going to do it and blah, blah, blah. And so she kind of, we did it and she slid down the hill on her butt and flailed around. It looked okay. I mean, it was, it was cheesy, but, um, and she kind of smirked and walked away and, and stuff like that. And they start tearing down. I was like, all right, next shot. It's like, no, 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 no. You promised me my shot. It's like, but it worked. I was fine. It's like, no, we're already set. We do exactly the same. I put it up, give me three minutes and we're going to shoot this whole thing again. And, and sure enough, I go up there and I told him to, I says, I don't care what it costs me. You make this the biggest fall of your life. I want you ass over T-Kill coming to this hill. I want to make it look good. And she's like, copy that. And she did. And she came flying down this hill and took out two stunt guys holding the pad to catch her at the bottom. And uh, <laughs> and, and the camera guy even looked at like, holy shit. And the director's like, oh my God, that was great. And it's like, that's why I'm the stunt coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> she done so, took out the other stunt guys. <laughs> you know, and, and this is like, <laughs> You know, let let everybody do their job again. Let let everybody. And she's a wonderful actress and stuff. Just act. Don't be a pain in the ass. But she had to be a princess. And it's like, all right. Yeah. So, what skill do you think a director should, you know, possess? As far as. Well, obviously, creativity is, is a big one. Um, you got to be creative. You got to you got to be a storyteller. Um, the director is just that. He's a storyteller. You're just like opening a book and reading to a bunch of kids. You, it doesn't have to be your story. And in most cases, it's not. But you have to be able to tell the story and make it entertaining. So being being creative and, and making that that work is, is probably the biggest thing. You know, and it doesn't matter what your background is. You know, my background happened to be action and stuff like that. And I go into a horror film. It's like, well, this is an action film. It's like, it doesn't matter. You know, the, 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 the means to the goal is the same thing. It's just I go about it a different way, you know, and, and in my case and stuff like that, when I've hired actors and stuff like that, there's like, who's your favorite actors and stuff like that? I, I tell them comedians, like comedians, like, yeah, because comedians do stand up and they're used to just going off the cuff. You know, it's not like, oh, script like this. Like, no. It, OK, the script is our Bible and we can follow it, but let's let's see where we can go with it. You know, we'll do one scripted and we'll do one. I, I love Robin Williams because of that, because he would just take off on a tangent. I worked with John Candy when, when way back in the day, and he would just take a scene and steal it and make it his own. And it was brilliant. I just watching just, it was magic. And like, this is, this is filmmaking, just, just going with the flow. And, and that's why the, the creative end of it is like, just go with it, you know, take a scene and make it the most <laughs> it can be. I love comedians. One of my I, favorite actresses, I, well, she is definitely one of my favorite actresses and I'm going to work with this woman one day. If she's listening, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. I love, I love her. her. She is so freaking funny. I mean, just the stuff she does and she does it all by herself. You know, she don't have no right. stuff. This woman is falling downstairs. She is doing the most, I mean, even on SNL, when she was on SNL, I was cracking up because she is hilarious. 
that's why yeah, I, I love funny. I know I know her stunt double and stuff like that, and and her stunt doubles has nothing but good things to say about her. They, they love working with her, so I, I agree. I mean, it, it's people like that, and that's that's where that that trust comes in again. It's like being open minded and let people go because you can give them a scene, and I was like, hey, can I try something? It's like, yeah, let's go. You know, when I when I give an actor instructions and stuff like that, I give them base. I give them like, okay, here, this is your character, and this is kind of where your background is. Now go with it. And let them create it because that's their job. That's that's what they were hired for. You know, I don't tell the DP, you know, how to how to shoot it. You know, I can say let's let's get a wide shot here and this and that. And then he can come up as like, what if we dolly across here? It's like brilliant because that's what they do. Let people do what they do. Actors the same way. Let them do what they do. Give them basic guidelines. Unless they're going way off, all of a sudden they you know the the, the script is supposed to be really serious and they start going off on a tangent. Like this, you got to pull them back a little bit because later on this is not going to work it's completely out of character for you but otherwise i just let people go yeah i think it it makes it more real absolutely absolutely it definitely does so and that's why and that's why i love watching robin williams and stuff like that because he would just go he would just go and go and go and you could watch him all day long and it was it was magic every time do you remember when he was on friends when he was on there with Billy Crystal, there's a scene where he goes in and they sit down on the couch with the rest of the the people in the cast and him and Billy Crystal go into this big rant about he thought his wife was cheating on him and come to find out she's really sleeping with Billy. You're going to have to watch that. It's hilarious. I swear. Oh, I'm, I'm going to dig it up because I, I thought I saw most pretty much all of Robin Williams' little clips. I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah. There, <laughs> there's some things. I even, I put it out there on a my Facebook page, it was a little bit of trivia about that, the friends, because there is a scene and I don't think anybody's even caught it. And I know that the production people didn't catch it when they're, they were doing the cutting, but in one of the scenes, you can actually see where you're staring out the door because they were talking, one was facing this way and this way. And you look out the door and you could actually see the boom guy's leg in his jean shorts and his gym shoes. And I asked everybody, I was like, tell me where this is. If you can, basically it was a trivia type thing. You know, I never got one response for that. (laughs) I don't think anybody even, you know, caught it, but like the comedians, it's just, it's fun, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We did, we did action. We did an action movie and pretty much the whole cast was comedians. It was Bobcat Goldthwait and somebody else. And, and, and this is where I got it from. The director says, uh, says, you know, all my, my lead guys, and they're gangsters. They're supposed to be gangsters and stuff like that. And they were all stand-up comedians, and they were brilliant. And they, they didn't play it as funny. They played it the way it was. But like I said, they were able to go off the cuff and stuff. All of a sudden, they get in a shootout. We had a big shootout in the diner. And uh, and he would just all of a sudden, he's like, just like, like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you the same thing I ask everybody. And I asked because you know, I just want to know, do you have a motto that you live your life by? Uh, I, I, I don't, I mean, there's, there's many you can come across and stuff like that. And, and if I had one, um, I would probably say live every day like it's your last, you know, enjoy it like it's your last because one of those days you're going to be right. And, and it's, it's, not, it's not worth worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. It's, it's just not worth it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while it's around. So. I think that if if I was going to pick one, that would probably be it. Yeah, you never know if you're even going to be here. You know exactly, and especially in my field and stuff like that. I, I've had, I mean, it's it's become really safe and stuff like that, and, and it was much much more rigorous when when I was first starting, and people were getting maimed and hurt a lot more than they are now. Um, but yeah, you just you just don't know. It can, it can be your last day, and you just don't have any kind of clue. It's just wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> That's true. That happens a lot. I, I mean, yeah. I, I've had a couple of close calls, really, and it's not going to stop me from living my life because I'm still going to continue to live my life and not put myself in a bubble just because of what could have happened. You know, <laughs> well, I've had I've had more than more than a close call. I've oh, been, been around twice twice when when something happened and it ended up in death. Um, mm. You know, and friends and colleagues of mine, and uh, it, it's tough. And, and it's weird. The first, first time it happened and stuff like that. And, and 
you know, we, we do the funeral and stuff like that. And, and we try to be upbeat and stuff about it. And it was like, you know, doesn't this make you think about what you're doing? It's like, no, because, you know, okay, he's, he's gone, but he, he went out doing what he wants to do. He went happy. That's where I want to go. I don't want to be miserable. You know, I want to, I know what the risk is. We accept the risk. And I look at, I look at life way different than probably most people because I deal with death every day. That's just the way I, I so, you know, death is just a part of living. But you're going to have one hell of a ride on your way out the door, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I concur. <laughs> but it is, I mean, we, we, there, there's too many, too many things in life that, that can bring you down and stuff like that. You know, sometimes it's, you can't avoid it and stuff like that. But, you know, you got to almost shake it off and just say, you know, all this shit isn't worth it because tomorrow, if this is my last day, tomorrow is somebody else's problem. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. So, so as, as sad as that may sound, it's true. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. All right. So, so I'm going to thank you for coming on. I don't want to hold you up. And we're going to thank everybody who will be watching this eventually when they get to it. And I mean, we do this so we better educate people and let them know, you know, more about the actual people who are working on these movies. And I, I love doing this. I really do. Oh, I, I do too. And, and you said you have you mentors people. I, I do the same thing because I just, it's, it's not like that anymore. When I got in, that's the way it was. And now it's, you're not, you're kind of on your own. And I, I hate that. I, I love to take you by the hand. It's like, come on, let me, let me show you the, the way and, and you can go from there, but let me give you at least get you on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. So we're bringing it back. That's what we're doing. We're bringing back the old school. <laughs> we're coming back the old school way. <laughs> hey, they like it. <laughs> yep, I agree. <laughs> All right, you guys, we are going to log off. I want to thank everybody who is watching. We are definitely thinking Chuck. He is hilarious. So thank you guys. Oh, it was my pleasure. Have a good one. <laughs>
that night when I first gave my heart to yours I was scared and feeling insecure You told me, my darling, even on your darkest days You'd always reassure 